It is that time of the morning when we check in with the Vancouver Suns' Vaughn Palmer. Good morning to you. Good morning, Jill, and hey, that was a great interview with Aaron O'Toole you just did. I learned a lot. Oh. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. I was uh, happy that he agreed to come on the program and, and talk to us, so we'll see what happens from, from now going forward. Yeah, I mean, he was open about explaining his positions, and I like the fact that he said, look, I, I have to address all this stuff because people don't know anything about me, and that's also true, so... You know, meet uh, the new leader of the opposition. Uh, he's got a big job ahead of him to uh, get Canadians engaged and reassured he may be into an election before long. Yeah, exactly. Nobody knows exactly when that might happen. Uh, let's talk a little bit about back to school because a lot yeah. of people are going to be waiting. There's a technical briefing later today. There will be an announcement. What do you think we're going to find out? Well, it's a big test, right? Because the, the original announcement uh, on the 29th of July raised far more questions than it answered. So we got to get some answers today. Now, the one encouraging thing I think we will hear today, we had some indications of this, is that the system has responded, school districts have responded, trustees, administrators, with some genuine innovation to address public concerns. And in fact, I I have a look at the Victoria Times columnist this morning, a story by Jeff Bell, the Souk School District kind of jumped the gun on today's announcement by announcing its innovation approach uh, yesterday, uh, telling the Times columnist about it. And here's the thing. This is for secondary schools. They're calling it the one in eight model. So in secondary school, students commonly take eight courses. Starting in September in secondary school, they will take one course at a time. They will attend class in either the morning or the afternoon for that one course until that course is done, and then they will move on to the next one and the next one. In the remainder of the school day, they will uh, do directed learning, study at home, online, all that other stuff. So this is intended to dramatically reduce their contact, uh, the size of these cohorts. And as you know, one of the biggest concerns we've had is that the, the, the groupings of students could be as high as 120 and that there may not be enough physical distancing. So they'll have mask rules. They'll have other rules for elementary school. But as I said, we've been told to expect innovation from the system. If other districts are able to do the same kind of thing, I think the parent that I think and I certainly hope parents will be reassured that the system has risen to the challenge of addressing concerns from parents, students, and teachers that there will be too much contact among students. Well, and with Souk, do you think this is the Souk School District coming up with this on their own, or is this on the guidelines of the province and we'll see similar plans in other school districts as well? I- I think we will see similar in other districts. What we've been hearing ever since the first questions were raised back in July is, look, uh, and Dr. Henry said it again this week, the details are up to the school districts. They will depend on circumstances. Every school may be slightly different. So uh, today's briefing that's set up for us is a little after noon, uh, media will get a general PowerPoint presentation on what's going to happen. And then at 12.30, there'll be a media briefing, the technical briefing, just for media members who've logged in, from three school superintendents explaining how it will work in their districts. So again, we're going to superintendents backed by trustees, 
on how it's going to be tailored to the challenges in their district. At 145, we finally get the education minister, Rob Fleming, answering questions on the record. So I think what you're seeing here is they're letting superintendents lead, school trustees lead, um, recognizing that, well, frankly, the way the minister handled it last time uh, on the 29th of July was didn't, didn't sell the public didn't sell parents, didn't sell students or teachers, and give them a lot of confidence on how this thing was going to proceed. And one of the things that parents are still asking, and I know a a survey went out in Vancouver with the different options on what things might look like in September, but parents want to know if they decide to not send their kids back right away, do they lose their spot in the school or do they keep it? They're going to have to address that. I don't know if they will. Uh, As I said, uh, if you make up a list of unanswered questions from the 29th, uh, I think the goal today should be to answer as many of them as possible. And look, I don't want to let it go without pointing out that the credibility of the education minister and the ministry took a major blow last week with that report from the ombudsperson who said that the ministry and the minister, and he highlighted the misleading statements, had misled the public, students, and parents repeatedly about how they handled that fiasco with the exam results in 2019. The mishandling was so bad that the ombudsman said that in future, senior officials in the education ministry must sign off in writing that the statements from the ministry are accurate and not misleading. So Fleming and the ministry are today going into a briefing on one of the biggest challenges they've ever faced with, I think, a cloud still over their credibility based on their record on how they handled the exam results fiasco a year ago. Right, that if you were knowingly misleading people then, how do we know you're being up front now? I, I think that's a very good question. And the minister himself is supposed to apologize for this. I have not heard an apology from him. He let his deputy handle the ombudsman's report last week. But look, the ombudsman, the ombudsperson, uh, posted in his report a press release from Rob Fleming himself And the ombudsperson went through and marked it up with yellow highlighter saying this statement, this statement. And then he said what was inaccurate about that statement. I mean, I've never seen a report from the ombudsperson as devastating as this one uh, to a minister and a ministry's credibility. All right. uh, We'll see what uh, he has to say about that. We only have about a minute left, but you also, uh, we wanted to touch on uh, the Green Party and the leadership race. Yeah. So Andrew Weaver stepped down from the Green leadership in January. He quit the caucus and announced to everybody that he was going to sit as an independent and indicated he wasn't going to get involved in the uh, race for his uh, successor. He has now gotten involved. He has joined the panel of advisors to Cam Brewer. uh, Brewer is a lawyer from Vancouver, teaches at Simon Fraser University, and this is a kind of an obvious blow to the presumed frontrunner in the race, uh, Weaver's former caucus colleague, uh, Sonia Furstenau. Weaver appears to be backing her rival for the leadership, and, uh, you know, Furstenau was asked about this uh, Weaver last week, and she said, well, some people, when they step down from the leadership, have trouble letting go, so no love lost between those two former colleagues. The Greens picked a new leader on 
online and by phone starting in early September. Uh, Voting starts the 5th of September. Results will be known on the 13th. It is bizarre how when you look at the the Green Caucus when they first started out to this tight-knit family and how things have kind of unraveled there. It is. uh, You know, Weaver certainly deserves all the credit he's been given for putting the Greens in the position they've been in, which is holding the balance of power. But that relationship clearly has frayed. And, you know, you can understand, first of all, being a little upset Weaver is not even, according to Weaver, a member of the Greens anymore. He's not just that he doesn't sit in the caucus, he's an independent, but uh, clearly doesn't have a lot of confidence in First to Know, and he's uh, effectively endorsed Brewer uh, to be his successor and to defeat First to Know for the leadership next month. All right, Vaughn, we'll leave it there. Thank you. Bye-bye, Joe.